Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. Broadcasting live from the Tampa Bay studios of Faith Talk AM 570 and 910 WTBN, you've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Many thanks to Ace Andrews, who will be engineering the show today and taking your calls later. I am your guest host, Dan Schock, filling in for Jen Brangenberg, who is apparently on vacation, whitewater rafting or parasailing. What's he doing, Ace? Any idea? Um, I, I would go with whitewater rafting. I think at he's least bull for right riding. Now. Wait a second. I think he's bull riding in Tennessee. Oh, I like that. Well, hey, check out the latest on our website, iWorkForHim.com. We're going to record all the shows. And when, you, when you're out there, please prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. I Work For Him is on the air so that you and I know how to engage the lost in the marketplace. You see, our workplace is our mission field. And in that mission field, you and I, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. That's a very serious thing. Most of us need a paradigm shift in our minds in order to recognize our workplace as our mission field. Romans 12.2 talks about this. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So every day we're going to take a different approach to looking at the way you and I think about our faith at work. Today, we're talking about marriage and ministry with a married couple, me and my wife, Sarah, and we're going to talk about what it means to uh, join together in holy matrimony, but also to join together and work together, as a matter of fact. So the highs and lows of marriage and having kids. So um, I want to say thanks again to Jim and Martha for allowing us to to step in and, and host for them. Uh, while they're away with their kids and their family and while he's bull riding. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be on the air and uh, speaking on behalf of the Lord. You know, this is uh, this is something that we take seriously. We like to have a good time doing it. But I want to introduce myself to you. I've been on the show a few times. My name's Dan Shock, Shock Like Electricity. Uh, I'm the area director for a marketplace ministry called CBMC, or the Christian Businessmen's Connection. And my beloved wife, Sarah, is with us today, too. Sarah Schock, who teaches middle school at Sefner Christian Academy. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, everyone. Sarah's also on the administrative side of the ministry of CBMC. So she juggles being married to me. She's juggling having two kids under two. She teaches at Sefner in the middle school side. And she's the administrative person. And she's the, the mother of two chocolate labs. So how do you do it all, Sarah? I'm really interested to hear. Well, I don't know that I do it all, but I do the best I can um, with the Lord. 
and I have to remember that I'm working for him, whether it is potty training or almost two year old at home or um, teaching my Bible class at school that I'm privileged to teach or um, preparing for the events that we do. I can do all things through Christ. Hey, that's the 10 finger prayer, right? Yes. What is that? What's that scripture? It's Philippians. Uh, Philippians 4.13. 4.13. And if you count on your 10 fingers, I, I can, can do all things, things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me. me. Hey, we should teach our kids that one. That's a good one for Sunday school. And it's a good one that I try to remember when I get into the middle of dicey situations. I know that I can't do all things, but I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So CBMC is a marketplace ministry. We, uh, our purpose is to help business and professional people become the men and women that God has designed them to be. Uh, we have no design on people other than to become uh, who they were meant to be in Christ. So we have area events uh, like the mayor's prayer breakfast that we just had in May. That's a big outreach. And maybe some of the listeners today, as you're driving home in the rain, maybe some of you have been to one of our mayor's prayer breakfasts that we've done for 46 years in a row. Uh, maybe some of you have heard about our marketplace ambassador initiative events that we hold every other month at the center club. In fact, we have one coming up on August 11th, um, that we're going to give away a ticket later in the, in the show for, and we would encourage everybody that's listening. If you can make it, and if you're in the Tampa area on this Thursday, August 11th, we're going to have a luncheon at the center club called the marketplace ambassador initiative. That's designed as an in reach for Christian business people that are kind of on the sidelines of faith and they want to get more involved and understand what their calling is from God. And I would just ask everybody that's listening before we break for our first segment, are you 100% certain of what your calling is from God? Well, I'd like to tell you that in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we find that we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. If, if you've professed Christ, if you're saved, uh, then you're given your calling. And we share the same general calling, which is to represent him as his ambassador in our sphere of influence everywhere that we go, whether it's in our neighborhood, whether it's in our family, whether it's while we're driving home in rush hour traffic and people cut us off. We're Christ's ambassador. And, and the, the fact of the matter is the majority of our waking hours are spent at work. So that's not by choice. I mean, we'd rather spend time with our families, but by the design of our culture, we work a great deal. We, we have a lot of people that we work with. And the whole point of this show, the whole point of Jim and Martha having the I Work For Him Nation is to help people be encouraged about how to witness for Christ and share Christ with those that they work with. And our, our workplace is certainly a mission field by all stretch uh, of the imagination. So we miss Jim. We miss Martha. We're looking forward to them coming back. I hope that him and Martha are having a safe trip, and I hope you're having a safe drive home today. I know it's a very wet one out there. Ace, have you seen the radar? Is it is it completely terrible? I, I don't know. I, I'll have to take a look, but I mean, it's been raining all day. I saw that rain coming in this morning, and it, it hasn't really let up at all today. We came over from Brandon, and it is flooded. I mean, there is standing water everywhere. There's standing water on the highway, so just be safe out there, folks. We want you to, to get home safe, so it's okay to get in the right lane slow down and do the speed limit and uh, just listen to your radio uh, we're, we're here today filling in for Jim and Martha and me and my wife Sarah are just absolutely blessed to be with you today and Jim told us that today is kind of the segment where we talk about relationships and marriage and you know it was kind of funny because me and my wife Sarah have only been married for what four years four, honey? Years. four, four years. years four years and it was we were married on 
June 23rd. June 23rd. I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Um, that that was uh, what, what a faithful and blessed day that was. And, you know, it's kind of a funny story about how we got married. And I thought we may start to share a little bit about that. Do you have any you want to set that up a little bit? Well, Dan likes to tell everyone that we met the traditional way, which was. <laughs> online right he the likes, traditional way that's he, the new traditional way he really likes telling people um especially people who don't find that traditional that i shopped him up on marry a rich and handsome man.com that's right that's what <laughs> of course when you say you didn't meet you know the traditional way you met online they're like oh what website did you meet on so i just make a little joke there it used to be i said uh she found me on marry a rich and Manson handsomeman.com and, and now that i'm kind of a missionary you know working for cbmc it's marry a poor missionary.com that's more like it you know what i'm saying Ace? He, he pulled the switcheroo i pulled the switcheroo yeah i uh hey that's okay though that's okay but but in all seriousness you know me and sarah have kind of an interesting story you know we we married later in life and we started our family later in life like i said we've been married for four years and we have two beautiful children that are under two years old so we were married for a little while before we started having kids and we have our little boy shepherd that'll be he'll be two on august 22nd august 22nd he's a bundle of energy oh boy somebody once told dan that someday he would have one just like him and we do in shepherd oh boy it's all being paid back to me and uh, then we have a little girl that turned six months old yesterday, yesterday. and her name is Sunny. Yes. And she's our Super Bowl girl. Yes, she came unexpectedly six weeks early, the day after the Super Bowl. Day so after the Super Bowl. I did not eat Doritos, but a lot of people like to blame that on the Doritos commercial. Just from like the, Super the Dorito Bowl. commercial that was on the Super Bowl, you know, they're having the sonogram and the baby is fun. Okay, you know the whole thing. So we get up the next day and Sarah is uh, having some, some serious pains. We thought it may have been something from the Super Bowl, you know, party the night before, stuffed jalapenos or something like that. But. We called the doctor and they said, go ahead and come in. And five minutes after hitting the doctor's door, we had a baby. Baby girl, bundle of joy came. We didn't know what we were having. We were convinced that we were having another boy. Yes. And we had a little girl. Boy, were we surprised. And we were very, very thankful. Okay. And I'll just say this. I mean, in, in all seriousness, we try to look at the humorous side of things. And that's one of the ways that we get through a lot of our you know, marriage lows, if you will. But one of the things that I understood that day, it was a very stressful day when that baby came and we were scared and Sarah's water broke when we hit the doctor's office. Remember, we weren't at a hospital. We were at the doctor's office. And, uh, you know, at the height of the stress, I'm holding Sarah's hand. We barely got her into the exam room. And I just remember thinking to myself, you know, what can I say to my wife to help her calm down and just focus? Because we were worried. We were worried that the baby, certainly it was six weeks early. It wasn't supposed to be coming. I thought the doctor was just going to give you a shot and we were going to go home. <laughs> and here we are having a baby. And uh, the only thing I could think of was, you know, applying a biblical principle. And I right. knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my spirit that God's sovereign. And so I just said to you, as you recall, uh, honey, God's sovereign. He's right. allowing this to happen. We made it to the doctor's office. The doctor will be walking in here any minute. You know, she was on the other side of the building. We had a couple of nurses with us, and they were throwing aprons or smocks or stuff around us. And boy, that baby came out fast, though. I'll say that. So someday we're going to embarrass Sunny with her birth story. 
Oh, when yeah. she's older. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, at the end of the day, one of the things we want to talk about in being married, although we haven't been married a long time, one thing is we have been Christians for a long time. Yes. And we have started to learn how to apply biblical principles to situations in our life. We're certainly not experts, but I mean, Sarah, came, we came together. We couldn't have been more opposite, I'd say, uh, is, is a fair thing to say. Sarah comes from, um, well, your dad's a senior pastor. And he pastors a church over in, uh, in the Orlando area. So your mom has kind of supported him in ministry. They've been ministry partners the whole time. Absolutely. You're the oldest of five I'm kids. The oldest of five. My mom and dad just celebrated their 38th anniversary. Praise the Lord. And uh, and I'm the youngest of four boys. So Sarah has brothers and sisters. She's the oldest. I'm the youngest. So that really fits together well because I like to be spoiled and <laughs> you like to take care of people. So that worked out really well. Um, but it's interesting how God put us together because, you know, your parents were homeschooling kids way before it was the norm right. and way before it was cool. Right. So they they stood apart. They knew what was happening in the world in the public school system. And they just made a decision from a ministry perspective to homeschool the kids for the most part. And uh, while my parents were divorced by the time I was age eight, I never went to church as a kid. So, uh, you know, for us to come together later in life, it's really kind of a miracle. And, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about is um, how important it is for us to lay things before the Lord and allow him to work things out in our lives. I certainly prayed for a godly wife. I certainly prayed for God to help me choose the person that would be right because you know look i saw my parents get divorced and i didn't want to i don't want to go through that i don't want to ever go through that so i developed over time i developed a very serious perspective on marriage meaning i think it's permanent i think that right. what the bible says is true and i've gotten to the point in my faith where i understand marriage is of god marriage is a good thing and the bible says over and over again that uh he who finds a wife finds a good thing a good thing and, and, and a great thing and uh, but it's important to choose wisely wouldn't you say yes and so we both have friends and I'm sure many of the people out there today have uh, either gone through broken relationships or you have friends where you see the statistics out there on divorce and, and you know we we certainly don't I don't think anybody wants to ever go through a divorce and we certainly don't want to it's just it's not even an option for us right. and so I thought one of the interesting things would be to talk about how we came together that uh, how we maintain the relationship, some of the highs and some of the lows. Um, but before we do that, I just thought we'd set up a little bit more about what it is that you do. And so as a person that's educated in early childhood development, you, you took an early Christian education tract early in life, right? Right. Um, I attended Pensacola Christian College, so my college education preparation was for teaching in a Christian school, and I've been fortunate um, to work in a couple of great schools. Currently, I'm at Seffner Christian Academy, and um, not only do we feel education is important, but we feel um, training our children to be godly men and women is very important. And so um, as we have our two small children, I've stayed working part-time in the school because our goal is for them to go to Christian school someday and specifically to Seffner Christian Academy. Um, it's our job as parents to raise them to be a young man and a young lady that love the Lord, but we want to have them in a school and in a church that will come beside us and aid us in that. So um, my primary job is um, to be Dan's wife and Shepherd and Sonny's mom, but I'm also blessed to 
work part-time at Sefner Christian this year. I'm going to be working as the Dean of Girls, and I also teach a middle school girls Bible class, which is a very exciting opportunity also. Big opportunity to, to pour your life into the lives of, of young ladies and also model what it means to live for Christ throughout yeah. your work. So it's kind of interesting. Your your responsibilities are going to increase this year, and uh, you're you're no slouch when it comes to teaching. You're not just a regular teacher. Uh, the fact of the matter is, when I met you, you were the youngest um, principal at Orlando Christian. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So I had a unique opportunity early in my career to have a principal role at a small Christian school, so that certainly gave me a lot of on the job experience. Um, an administrative background. And how old were you when you became the, the principal of Orlando Christian? I think I was 24. 24. So isn't that interesting? Yes. Uh, that that's I was always impressed with that. And, and sometimes as a husband, you know, I think that I have to take charge of everything. And, and I forget that my wife is a very accomplished person. And uh, just because I have a type A personality, sometimes I have a tendency to run over. And guys, I know some of you guys are out there. I have a tendency to be overly decisive, overly optimistic, and kind of run over when my wife is fully capable. And one of the interesting things about marriage, which I think is a great training ground given to us by God to become better men and women for him, is that we have to learn how to work together, how our lives fit together. And it's just been really interesting uh, being married to you. Um, it's been exciting and it's been uh, just so many things have happened as a result of us coming together and having children and learning how to, to live together and learning how to uh, how to stay married. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things is when I meet somebody, because we haven't been married that long, we, we know a lot of couples that have been like your parents, yes. married for a long time, decades. We like to ask them questions and pick their brain. That's right. All the time we ask them, you know, what's the secret to marriage? And a lot of times we say, uh, what do people say to you when you ask? Them well, that? people like to give silly answers like she's always right or he's always right. But the couples that we know are telling us the truth are the ones who say, God, God is the secret. And God lots is of prayer. the secret. So isn't it interesting? A Christocentric life. That's where men and women that have been saved by Christ that get it. They understand that Matthew 633, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he's going to give you all the stuff that you're so worried about, the clothes and the jobs and the money. And and I found that to be very true. My old pastor, Viv, used to tell me that uh, over and over again. I guess he used to think that I was the spiritually heart of head. So he would repeat the same scripture over and over again. But isn't it true? I mean, and so listener out there as you're driving home, where are you at in your relationship with the Lord? I mean, is it a close personal relationship? Is he answering your prayers today? I mean, if he's not answering your prayers, why isn't he answering the prayers? What's going on in your life that's hindering those things from being answered? And I'm not talking about always a positive answer, but knowing whether the answer is yes, no, wait, uh, those are all good answers as well. So I have found that Living a Christocentric life and having Christ at the center of our marriage has been the absolute key to our success. And so I want to give him all the praise, honor, and glory for that. I think that uh, I, I would only like to be married one time in my life. How about you? Yes, okay. I agree. Well, we're back into discussing all of the blessings of marriage and ministry and living and working together. And I just love to talk to my wife about this because we're sharing this life together. I mean, I'm 
it's at the lowest point of our marriage. It was at the is better than the best part of me being single. And let me tell you why, because I have a companion and my companion is somebody that I get to look at every day and know that God delivered her in my life as a provision. The hand of God moved. I prayed and asked for a, a special blessing, a special Proverbs 31 woman, and God delivered. He delivered for me. Is she perfect? I don't know if anybody would say that my wife's perfect. She's not. <laughs> but I can tell you this. She's perfect for me. And, and at the end of the day, that that's what matters the most. Um, so thanks, thanks, honey, for staying married to me. I love you, and I'm so appreciative that you came on the show today and you let me put you on the spot. You've never been on radio before, That's right? This is my first time. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I lucked out, and it wasn't luck because it was the hand of God. But you know what? I want to say thanks to your parents as well because I know your mom's probably listening today. She's watching the kids for us so that we can even do this show. And, uh, you know, one of the things about your mom, uh, Nancy, is I know that she's a woman of prayer. And I know that she prayed not only over you, but I remember walking in uh, when she was babysitting one time for Shepherd, and she was saying something very low. And I tried to listen to what she was saying. And then I asked her, Nancy, what are you doing? And she she told me that she was praying some Bible scriptures over Shepherd. And then she looked at me just like I did over your wife when she was a baby. And it just it makes my heart just kind of jump when I know that that your mom is one of those godly mothers that's been praying over her children and asking God uh, to look after them uh, really for your whole life. Now, she really floored me when she said she's been praying for for me before, you know, while you were still a little girl, she was praying for a godly spouse. Boy, that's a lot of pressure on me, by the (laughs) way, because to have a pastor's wife tell me that I'm God's provision for you, whoa, that's just a lot of pressure. I hope I can live up to that. But again, Philippians 4.13, right? Ten-finger prayer, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and praise the Lord. So I thought in this segment we would talk about, you know, we talked about the the good parts of of marriage and the good parts of ministry, but what about some of the, the lows? The bad parts, the things that don't go right. And how do we maintain our Christ-centric way, our focus on Christ in the middle of problems when they occur? So what are some of the things that you've experienced as uh, we, we start to minister together and we come up on one of our big events like this Thursday? Well, sir, we um, always find that when one of our events comes up, that means I'm busier with the coordination, just um, finding time to do even simple things like gather response cards and put table packets together. And that's, of course, when the toddler wants to jump in the middle of the pens that are all on the table and when everything's happening. And um, we just find that it can be easier for us in those moments to turn against each other if we're not careful, um, to bicker over things that are really unimportant and that we might not normally bicker over. And we've really had to stop and recognize when we're in a time when our events are coming closer or something is happening in our ministry that um, what Satan wants to do is he wants us to be at each other so that we lose our focus on the goal that we're trying to accomplish. And just being able to recognize that has helped us so that we can stop and, and press pause sometimes and say, okay, we've got this big event. We know that we're, we're under attack a little bit and we need to stop and, and ask the Lord for strength not to take it out on each other. You know, I've noticed that, you know, as a type A type businessman personality, you know, I've had 
big businesses and big jobs and vice presidencies in the past. And I'm a decision maker. I'm very decisive. But when we started to enter into ministry, you know, I had to learn how to take a step back and get behind the Lord in many of the things that we're doing. I mean, I know that sometimes there's, um, you know, timelines and, and times when we have to perform. But one of the things I've learned about in ministry is the, the ability to uh, use our spiritual disciplines to stay focused on Christ. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, I pray a lot, and I know that you pray a lot. And I know that, you know, we're, we, we've prayed about this show today that we'd be an encouragement to the people that are listening and over our events, that our events would be a blessing to people. I mean, the whole purpose of, of what we're trying to do is we're not here to boast about that we're experts at marriage. We're not. And we're not here to boast about that we're, you know, been Christians for a long time because we haven't. But what we are here to do is to say, praise the Lord. I mean, look at what God has done in our life. And we've chosen to, to keep a perspective that's much larger than the smaller problems that, that take place. And, you know, many of the listeners here, if you ever go to my personal website, danshock.net, my personal testimony is 10 years ago, I was walking across a, a street in Brandon and I got run over by a car as I was walking my dogs. And, uh, you know, my back was broken, my legs were crushed, my arm was crushed, and, and I was uh, almost pronounced dead at the scene. And after, you know, a helicopter flight to Tampa General, after uh, being in a wheelchair for a long time, boy, I, I got my life was reset by God. And I understood that my perspective now is not on to be on the temporary, not on the stuff that's here and now. But I think he gave me a gift as a result of that accident. And I think the gift was an eternal perspective. And I started to think about, you know, what we do uh, now can have an impact for all of eternity. So now when we go into the to an event and we sense spiritual warfare going on and we take it to the Lord, we understand that this fight is his fight. We can get behind him and he will fight for us. He is sovereign. And whatever problems that you're facing out there today, and I know there's some serious problems. Some of the people that are driving home today are facing serious illnesses. They're facing maybe a possible divorce, but you know what? God is sovereign. That means he's in control of everything that's taken place. And I know that there are biblical principles that we can apply to any situation. Number one, keep an eternal perspective. Number two, understand that God's sovereign. Number three, that if you're one of his kids, if you've professed Christ, then he's got your back. He loves you very much. And he's in the business of rescuing people that are at their lowest point. So for our events, you know, we keep the focus on him. And when we sense spiritual warfare, we back up, we slow down, we commit things to him, and we trust that he's going to work things out. So that's the whole point of, of if I was going to define success in my life now, number one, I used to think of success as a job title or a bank account amount or the amount of money I made. And now I, I judge success a little more from God's perspective, from an eternal perspective. How many lives have I touched? Who have I encouraged today? I mean, was I was I nice to my wife? You know, did I spend enough time with my kids? Um, did I pray over my kids? I mean, one of the things we like to do is pick out specific scriptures and pray over our children. You know, I listen to Nancy. I listen to your mother-in-law, Sarah, and I'll tell you, I've got a list of scriptures that I pray over my kids. I'm praying over our six-month-old daughter that one day she'd have a godly spouse. So, um, you know, it can work. And I think that, that is, uh, that's the key to success is staying focused on the Lord and what he wants to accomplish, um, even in the low points. That's right. 
So for those of you that are facing a low point today, facing a sickness, understand this. God loves you very much. Get into the word. Get into prayer. Talk to your pastor. Don't be afraid to petition the Lord for for the things that you need. And uh, and we're going to be praying for you, too. That's the whole point of what we're trying to do today is to be an encouragement to people, to let you understand that you have a mission field out there and uh, and that God's on your team. Well, thanks for listening, Tampa Bay and around the world. Drive home safely. I know it's wet out there. Is it still raining out there, Ace? Yeah, it looks like it. So please, yeah, please be careful. Even if it isn't raining, the roads are very wet. So yeah, yeah so please take be your careful. time. Don't hydroplane. This is where you learn what rain X is and whether or not you have good wiper blades. I believe. Uh, you know, has anybody been watching the Olympics? Me and my wife were watching Michael Phelps last night, and one of the things that you know, how does Michael Phelps continue to be in in the news or whatever? And, and you know, somebody said that to me, and I said it's because he keeps winning gold medals. That's why. You know, when I was a a business coach years ago, I used to say that, um, you know, the difference between the gold medal, the silver medal, the bronze medal, and fourth place, do you know what the difference is between those? Sarah, do you know the difference? The difference is a split second, a split second. So when you watch Phelps, and I don't know if he's going to get another gold medal tonight in the butterfly. He came in second last night. I believe we were watching for the qualifying round. Um, It's a split second second it's a split second so you know i think in the christian life you wonder about you know as we're in this process called sanctification i like to think that the day that we accept christ whenever that is we enter into this process called sanctification sanctification basically means that you've been set apart for a holy purpose by god you're in the family of god now you're on the winning team but then this maturity process starts to happen And, you know, I was listening to Dr. David Jeremiah over the weekend, just watched him on TV, and he was talking about why Christians have problems. Why do Christians have problems? Why isn't it just easy? You know, why why can't, you know, we accept Christ and we're on the winning team, we're in the family of God, and it's all downhill from here. No, 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 no. That's not how it works, is it, Ace? Uh, You know, quite the opposite is often true. Uh, We start to understand that there's all kinds of problems out there, and things get exceptionally difficult when you're trying to live for Christ, especially if you're trying to do it in your own power. You know, you come to Christ on his terms, and you start to empty yourself. I've learned that I have to surrender every day. And so for me, if I'm going to get that gold medal, you know, it's it's not about that I'm training for one race, right? Sarah, you like to say that we're training for a marathon, right? We were talking about that, that marriage is really a marathon, not a sprint. Right. And so you have to treat it like a marathon. And certainly if you're talking about the sanctification process, I think marriage is something that really God can use in that process. As Dan and I were talking earlier that certainly becoming married and then having small children really brings out the selfishness um, in us and on our sin nature. And God has to work that out of us and living with another person and we're having to work together and team up is something God can really use in that process. Well, I've often thought, you know, what's, what's a good litmus test for knowing whether or not I'm maturing in this process of sanctification or, or maybe even getting better at marriage, not just if, if, if I'm making you happy, but am I making God happy? I mean, right there, that's the rub right there. Am I making God happy? Am I living for him? Am I Christ-centric? Is he the focus of everything that I'm doing? I like to think, based on my testimony, and I feel like God spared my life and saved me, so now I live for him. I mean, my prime directive in life is to live for him and to be in a relationship, a personal relationship with him. You know, for many years, people told me, um, you know, they had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And I thought to myself, my first 12 years of being a Christian, you know, what does that look like? Because I have a personal relationship with my mom and dad. I have business relationships. I even had a personal relationship with my dog, Buster Brown, that was in the accident with me. He survived, by the way. Um, he was a lot faster than me. But the point is, is that a personal relationship, it was after that accident when I was sitting at home, you know, in a wheelchair and, and Jesus showed up. And I was doing my morning quiet time that my pastor had always told me to do that I had never done before then. I started cracking open up the Bible. And guess who showed up? The Lord showed up. You know, Psalm 23 kind of came to me on the helicopter ride to Tampa General from the accident scene. And in Psalm 23, as everybody knows, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. And I was very comforted when I got that scripture on the helicopter ride to Tampa General. But I couldn't get it out of my head, and I couldn't get it out of my heart. So in the ensuing days and weeks and months and years since then, I think about that all the time. And I understood uh, quickly that the Lord was introducing himself to me in a personal way as a shepherd. And he was inviting me to allow him to become my shepherd. So see how it got very personal very quickly. So, you know, when me and my wife had a little boy two years ago, we thought about, you know, what would be a, a name that was worthwhile. So we named our little boy Shepherd because of that. So we have a little boy that we pray right now one day that the Lord will become his shepherd. That's going to be on him. But we're praying for it right now. Um, you know, what were some of the keys to our success? Uh, keys to success, I would say. Do you remember that when we, we sought out, we were thinking about getting married, um, God gave me a specific scripture. Um, you know, he really hit me upside the head. To be honest, most people don't know the story, but I was praying about coming on staff years ago uh, with CBMC, the Christian businessman. I, I've only been on staff for two years. I was a lay leader for 15 years. But um, as I was praying about taking a staff role as a missionary with CBMC, they flew me up to the corporate headquarters up in Chattanooga, and I was praying through the weekend with the president and the national director of field ministry. And, you know, I was doing my, my morning quiet time and reading through the word, and I came across Jeremiah 29, 1 through 10. Now, most people are familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, plans to, to prosper. Not that. The, the preceding 10 verses talks about how the Jews were exiled and, and they were being encouraged to... Uh, to settle down, to get married, to give away their sons and daughters in marriage. And in fact, Jeremiah told him, you're going to be there for 70 years. So you need to, to settle in for the long haul. And God used that scripture as I was praying about coming on staff and going to work for him. You know, I just remember praying. Just I was just so into it that weekend, trying to get an answer. And the only thing I was getting was, do you trust me? Are you all in? Are you mine? And I was like, Lord, I'm just emptying myself. Yes, I'm yours. Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to come on staff with this this marketplace ministry? And then I get Jeremiah 29, 1 through 10. Then all of a sudden, I can't get it out of my heart. I mean, I don't know how it works for you when the Lord uses a scripture to instruct you, but it wasn't too many days after that when I realized, me and Sarah, my wife, were just dating at the time, and I realized that he was instructing me to get married, that it was time for me to get married. And when that light bulb went off, Boy, I just I took that uh, to you, and we became engaged, and a whole new set of things started to occur. But one of the main things we did after that, if you recall, is we, we sought out premarital counseling. That was definitely one of the best things that we did to get our marriage started off on a good foot. We were blessed to have um, friends that are also pa um, 
as a pastor and his wife that counseled us. We used a great book if anyone is considering getting married called Preparing for Marriage um, by Dennis Rainey. And uh, just a lot of tools about communication, setting our expectations ahead of time. And um, not that it removes all the struggles of adjusting to marriage, but it was certainly a good, we had some good conversations about marriage and what God wanted to do and our preparation for it. Well, certainly one of the main tools of a successful marriage is communication. And I think there's a great quote about that right there. This is from a Gallup poll report and says in an era of increasingly fragile marriages, a couple's ability to communicate is the single most important contributor to a stable and satisfying marriage. Wow. Did you hear that? That is huge. So, you know, it, it seems like, oh, I know that. I know how to communicate. It's so easy. But the fact of the matter is we don't naturally communicate very well, do we? No. I mean, you have to work at it. In other words, it's just like ministry. It's You have to be intentional about it. It's just like listening versus hearing. You know, you, we hear a lot of stuff, but are you listening? So one of the things we have to be intentional about is how we communicate with each other and we've kind of a rule of thumb in our household is when in doubt communicate i mean don't take it for granted that the other person knows what what's what make sure they understand what it is and and communication has uh you know when we fall into our roles like we were adults and we had been out of college for many many years before we became married it's not like we were you know right out of college and so we were kind of set in our ways wouldn't you say were you set in your ways i think so i like to say that you were set in your ways but the truth is i think we were both set in our ways okay well that's fair i love the fair and balanced approach it's like fox news uh so um but we had to learn very quickly that if we're going to overcome all of once the honeymoon period was over we had to start learning how to communicate with each other really communicating with each other i think we're still learning how to communicate with each other i think it's a ever-evolving process but it was when uh pastor ryan mckenna and let me give a shout out to pastor ryan mckenna who is uh he's a campus pastor up at florida state university right he was at the university of florida and now he's uh Gator Christian Life became Seminole Christian Life, and he's from this area in Tampa, and some of the listeners out there today know Pastor Ryan, and he's he's also a missionary pastor. We support him as a missionary, and uh, he gave us some great, him and his wife Amy gave us some great advice as we were going through the book and talking about roles and how we're, what roles are we going to play. We didn't even think about this. It had just been, oh, I'm, I'm just so in love, and we're just going to get married, and we're going to move in together, and we they started challenging us with that book. Well, how are you going to do finances? You know, what's your pattern of saving and spending right now? And uh, Who's you know, going to cook? Who's, who's going to clean? Right. What are the roles? Who's going to do the chores? And what did we do? I think we sort of let it happen naturally. We learned quickly that Dan's the better cook in our relationship. So he handles some a lot of that. I like to cook. I like my own cooking. And so, but sometimes we still have to discuss things that need to happen and and really expectations about the roles because sometimes something needs to be done and one of us assumes the other is going to handle it and that's the other one's category and then it falls through the cracks. So it's something that you always have to be revisiting. Having children has caused us to revisit what our roles are and... um, you know, so there, communication, again, it comes back to communication. Back to communication. I mean, that's like one of the super tools of marriage, and, and most people know that. But, you know, the other thing is uh, we learned very quickly that we have to, you know, we were put together to complement each other. And I have a lot of weaknesses, and I have some strengths, and then you have some strengths and weaknesses. And we really saw how God took two opposites, 
put them together, and uh, and then we complement each other. We come together in unity, and we come together in oneness, and we're still learning how to do that. But we were two individuals that knew how to do things. So you were kind of, I, I don't want to say you were strong-willed, but you were the head of an organization. I was kind of the head of a segment of a very large organization. Then we, we did things individually, and we had to learn how to do things together. And together, we've found that we can do so much more. It's a cliche, but we have to learn there's no I in team. There's no I in team. But together, everyone achieves more. Well, I mean, one of the things that if, if I was to give any advice, if, if I was allowed to do that to, to the people that are driving, some of you are considering getting married. Not all of us are married. And I would just say this. Pray about that. Pray about God guiding you because you need to choose wisely. I would say this is one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make is, is choosing wisely. And there's several young guys out there that may be listening today that, that are some of my Timothys, and I disciple them. And I encourage them very strongly to pray about and wait for God to guide you into the relationship because there's a lot riding on the person that you choose. And for the ladies as well, what would you say to them? Well, I've heard it said, after you choose wisely, you have to treat kindly. And sometimes the people that we live with, we can be tempted to treat unkindly. We need to keep that in front of us to choose wisely and treat kindly. Well, amen, soul sister. Okay. And we've been talking about marriage and ministry and and some of the things that we've learned in our short tenure uh, of being married. And, And maybe we're speaking to the people that are thinking about being married, about choosing wisely and how important that is and praying about the person that God would have for you. You know, before we get any further, I just wanted to give everybody an opportunity one more time. If you'd like to get a ticket to the Marketplace Ambassador Luncheon this Thursday, uh, go ahead and call into the show at 877-943-9673, and Ace will get your name and we'll leave you a ticket at Will Call at the Center Club, which is over on West Shore in Kennedy, and that's this Thursday. So 877-943-9673, that's a $29 value, Ace. Hopefully somebody, and we're having a Cajun chicken with penny pasta. We're welcoming the chaplain from the National CBMC organization is flying down. He's going to be teaching on a biblical attribute of genuinely caring for people. The Marketplace Ambassador Initiative is designed for business people to get off the sidelines of faith and discover their calling from God. Do you think it's important to know what God would have you to do? while you're here on planet earth. Do you think that's an important thing? I do. So in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we see that God calls us once we're once we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we're his ambassador. We're supposed to be here representing him um, in everywhere we go, our spheres of influence, whether it's at home or at work, in our neighborhoods, uh, in traffic right now as people are cutting us off. We're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. That can be a challenge. Um, but the idea is how effective are you? It's not whether or not you have this calling from God. If you're a believer, if you're a king's kid, that is your calling. But how effective are you at it? So the whole design of the Marketplace Ambassador um, luncheon series, which is every other month at the Center Club, is to, to kind of drill on the biblical attributes of how we can become more effective for Christ. So one of the topics that we're going to talk about this Thursday is the genuinely caring of other people. And boy, I've had a few people in my life that have genuinely cared about me. One of them happens to be sitting across from me right now. And I'm so thankful that God has put you in my life, and I'm really appreciative of that. And I'm so thankful that you know your parents raised you a certain way and that you've chosen to be in Christian education. And uh, could you have imagined your life turning out any differently? 
<laughs> I I don't think so. I think I don't know what I imagined. I'm not sure this is it, but it's better than what I imagined. You know, I'm just I feel like I'm lucky to be here. I feel it's not luck. It's uh it's the provision of God. He saved my life, and now I I feel like I work for Him. I love the title of the show that uh, Jim and Martha came up with. I do work for Him, so every day I seek to honor Him with the things that I do. Um, it starts off every day in a quiet time. It starts off in the Word. It starts off with me praying. Um, sometimes I get stuck on a, a Bible verse. I've been reading through our, our group of young professionals in Tampa is going through the book of James right now this month, and we're going to be going over that. And a fresh reading of the book of James. Boy, there's over 60 admonitions in the book of James. You want to get into the Word, um, you know, the book of James has a lot of stuff like controlling the tongue, like being a, a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. So there's some powerful stuff in there. So what have we learned so far, Sarah, I mean, from being married? Definitely that Christ has to be the center. Christ is number one. Absolutely. Without Christ, I don't think we can do anything. John 15, 5. We have to be connected to him for anything of eternal consequence, uh, you know, to, 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 to happen. So praise the Lord for that. We've learned to choose wisely. Yes. And, and I would encourage all the people out there that if you're thinking about getting married, do some premarital counseling, okay? I think you should do premarital counseling before you get engaged personally so that you can learn all the ins and outs of what you're supposed to be doing. And I wanna thank Jim and Martha Brangenberg. They've done a, a great job on I Work For Him. Check us out online.